Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. All right. Hey, as Jennifer said uh, last week, we, we had 31 people give their lives to Christ. 31 people. Come on, that's a golf clap. Come on, 31 people gave their lives to Christ. In relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that, uh, that all of heaven really celebrates. The angels celebrate over one person. One, just one. We had 31, some churches, okay? Uh, I mean, I, I grew up in a church that I don't know if I ever saw 31 people give their lives to Christ. And so that just goes to show you the hand of God is moving, okay? All across, I believe all across. I don't think it's just us. I think the hand of God is moving across the local church right now in ways that, that only time's gonna tell. I think every church in town. I'm praying blessings on everybody meeting today. I'm praying blessings. Blessings on every congregation in this city that they would just experience revival in a massive way because I believe now is a great time. Now is a great time for people just to receive life. And so I'm so excited about what God's doing in our church though. And uh, you should be too. Uh, since launch, let me, let me just give you this. Since launch, 70 people. Wow. 70 people have checked the box documented, not just raised hands, given their lives to Christ. And so come on, you can do better than that. One more time. And so here's the question, right? I started thinking about that this week. I asked uh, somebody on our team, I said, hey, can you pull that number for me? I wanna celebrate that and just see what God's been doing with the church. And as I saw that number, it got me thinking, wow, that's a huge responsibility. Um, we're averaging, our 10-week average as a brand new church, 12 weeks old, uh, is, is about 300 people. That's crazy that we just started, and that's our average. And so when you look at that number, 70 people have given their life to Christ in the last 12 weeks. We're talking, I'm not really great at math, but that's like 20%-ish or a little more than that, actually, 22.5%. It's a good percentage of the church has recently said yes to Jesus. All the math people are like, he's wrong. Um, <laughs> I took intermediate college algebra there, enough said. They count M&Ms in, that. in college, honest to goodness, I was counting M&Ms, but that's for another story. Um, look at me now. Um, so the question is, as the question usually is, uh, what's next? <laughs> so 70 people have given their lives to Christ, now what? Like, what do we do now? And uh, in fact, it's kind of the conversation that I have a lot of times with people that maybe uh, are, are new to church, don't know a lot about church, or, you know, this isn't something that they would celebrate, a lot of changed lives. It's usually something like, well, what are you doing with all those people? <laughs> What's next for them? Well, we want to disciple them. We, we want to help you. Yeah. And so that's what today is. Today is for the 70 of you uh, that recently have said yes to Jesus. I want to help you take some next steps. But um, here's what I know. Um, all of you in this room, you're going to see some things that are for you. Because the reality is that life really is about steps. That living for Jesus is about taking a step today and a step tomorrow. Um, it, it's never about just standing still and staying stagnant, but there's always a step we can take in our walk with God. There's always, there's always another level that we can go to. And so today I wanna talk simply about that, steps. Like, I doubt anybody's gonna amen me, okay? I'm probably not gonna yell and spit like I did last week on Easter. Thank you for coming back if you're like, I don't know if I'm for that. Today I'm gonna help you show there's another side of me, a softer side of me. Um, and so I, I, I wanna help you today, okay? Not impress you, I just wanna help you. Yeah. I wanna help you take a step with God yeah. because it matters. Yeah, it 
It, it, it matters that you're not stagnant. Yes. In fact, if you're new and you just said yes to Jesus, let me give you a passage of scripture that I think, uh, I think you ought to get excited about. And it's this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says that, that anyone that belongs to Christ, guess what, is a new person. He's yeah. a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. And so to the 70 of you that recently said yes to Jesus, congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations on your new life. Okay, yeah. a new life has begun. You may not have known that. You kind of felt that intrinsically, right? Like something's different about me. I, I raised my hand. I, I checked that box. I, ha I had that moment in a service and I don't know what is changing about me, but something kind of feels different. Okay, it's because you're a new person. Now, a new life has begun. You're not the same as you used to be. You may look at yourself and say, I look the same. I kind of feel like I'm the same, but, but you're different. God says you're, you're a new person. There is a new life that has begun. But it's one thing to, to experience that new life, right? It's one thing to say, okay, I said yes to Jesus. It's another thing than to begin walking in that new life, right? You don't want to just have new life. You want to walk in that new life. You know, I think that's why the old people call it, you know, a walk with God. You know, how's your walk doing? Anybody ever heard that phrase? Hey, how's your walk doing? Why? Because that's really what it means living for Jesus. It is a walk. It's not yeah. a run. It's just a walk. How's your walk with God doing? Yeah. That's a question maybe all of us could ask ourselves today. How's your walk with God yeah. doing today? I love what Charles Spurgeon said, old preacher. He says this. He said, conversion is, is turning on to the right road. Yes. Okay. But then the next thing is, is to walk on it. Yeah. That it's one thing to say yes to Jesus. It's another thing then begin to walk in the path that Jesus has for you. And so today, that's my goal is just help you take a step, just one step at a time. Why? So that you can walk into everything that God has for you. I've read this scripture probably a hundred times if you've been at Life Point, so you may be getting tired of it. But God has an incredible life for you, and I just want to remind you today. John 10 and 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give you life. And life to the full. Yeah. Somebody told me one time, just when you get sick of people hearing it, people will just be getting it, yeah. okay? And so just remember, when you get sick of hearing this scripture, your neighbor is just getting it for the first yeah. time, all right? Jesus came to give you life, and life to the full, make you fully alive. But I wanna focus in on something that I haven't really focused in on this scripture uh, for just a minute. I wanna focus in on the first half of that. Usually I focus in on the promise half of that, that Jesus came to give you life, and life to the full. But there's a first half of that, that I think sometimes we just, we kind of blow by. And it's, it's the thief. Yeah. There's one half that's, that's, yeah, you know, like Jesus came to give me life, make me fully alive. But there is a predictable kind of sabotager that wants to, wants to sabotage your walk with God. I don't know if you know this or not, but you have an enemy, yeah. the Bible says, yeah. that actually wants to trip you up. That wants to stop you from experiencing a full life. And so, yes, God has a full life for you. But you should also be aware that there is a real enemy that's trying to combat that full life. You know that, right? And here's what the Bible says. The thief tries to do what? Number one, steal. He's a thief, and he wants to, you know what he wants to do? He wants to steal your future. Guess how he wants to steal your future? And this isn't the only way he wants to steal from you. But oftentimes, he wants to steal your future with your past. He wants to say, hey, I know, I know after you experience God and encounter God that, that, that there's this new life that is beginning, but remember your old life? Wow. Remember how bad you used to be? Wow. Remember the group you used to run with? Remember the things that you have done? 
There's no way God could ever use you. There's no way you could ever have a hope in a future. There's no way you could ever make a difference. And God has this glorious new life for you, this glorious future, and the enemy's trying to steal it, saying there's, 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 there's no way. There's no way you've got a future because you've got a past. But can I just remind you, God doesn't see that. God doesn't see that. The Bible says that when you confess your sin, when you give it to him, what does he do? He casts it as far as the east is from the west. And so I don't care if the devil wants to remind you of your past, okay? God only wants to remind you of your future. God wants to say, that's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the hope in you. I'm looking at the potential in you. Because there is potential of you. The enemy wants to try to trip you up on that too. He wants to not only steal your future by reminding of your, you, you of your past, but he also wants to kill God's plan for you. He wants to kill God's plan for you with guilt. See, I think one of the most predictable things I've learned that the enemy likes to do is, is to shame us. Shame is such a big word. We could cover you know, a, whole, a whole month on just shame. Okay, I'm not a counselor, okay, or, or a psychologist in this room, but I know a lot of people struggle with shame. Yeah. Shame has a way of burying things in your life and making you less than, okay, robbing you from potential, robbing you from dreaming, all of these things, okay? And the enemy, he, he, he wants to remind you of your past. Why? So he can guilt you with it. Because wow. he knows if he can guilt you with it, he knows if he can shame you with it, You'll never walk into your future, which God planned for you. God planned a future for you, but he wants to guilt you with your past. See, that's just, it's, it's predictable. Uh, uh, I need you to see it today because there's nothing new that the devil's using, okay? Scripture has showed us all of his tricks. And, and, and one of the things that you'll learn, I was talking to a friend this week and he had a really bad experience and it was funny because about halfway through him describing that experience to me, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, man, this has happened to him a couple times, hasn't it? And I thought, yeah, yeah, it has. And I reminded him, I said to my friend, I said, hey, you've experienced this a couple times, haven't you? And he said, yeah, I have experienced this. And I said, I wonder if it's just the enemy using the same old trick. Yeah. Just the same old thing. Have you ever thought about that? What if you looked at this situation and said, not this time. You got me two or three other times before, but not this time. I'm kind of wise to your scheme. I'm kind of wise to your ways. You're going to have to learn something new on me. And so the enemy, he wants to steal and kill. Why? So he can destroy. He can destroy any hope you have and replace it with fear. The enemy loves to put people in fear. He loves to put people in a place where they are timid and scared and and wondering what if, and just, just grip you with it. Yeah. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is for you to live an abundant life, yeah. for you to have hope, for you to have a future. And so, so God has a lot for you, but you have to know before we kind of get into this journey that God has for you, there is a very real enemy yeah. that wants to trip you up. Yeah. But guess what? You can be wise to his ways. Yeah. You can be wise when shame comes knocking on that door. That is not of God. You can be wise when that past comes knocking on your door saying, that is not of God. Not today, devil. Not today, Satan. You will not trip me up for that. You will not steal. You will not kill. You will not rob. Sometimes we need to get a backbone against the enemy. I wonder... I wonder if the enemy trips us up so much because we're so timid around him. You have power. You have authority. You can get a backbone and say, in the name of Jesus, not today. 
You know, the enemy's trying harder to stop you than often you are to stop him. There is a really real enemy that every day he wakes up with a mission. And that's to steal, kill, and destroy. And so that's not to scare you. That's just to make you aware of it. Because when you're aware of it, guess what? Then you can be on the offense as well and say, no, not today. Not today. Not today. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is corrupted by its deceitful desires. You gotta put off that old thinking. Put off that old way that the enemy has power over you. And put on a new self to be made new Okay, in the attitude of your minds. God wants to give you a new mindset that says, no, I do have power. I do have authority. I can be an overcomer. It says to put on a new attitudes in your mind and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Let me tell you, God's not scared of the enemy. Why? Because he's got the keys. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. He put him in his place. And so today, today, I just, I want to show you how to put on a new self and some steps you can take in putting on some new selves, okay, or putting on a new self. Number one is this. I'm going to give you four things. The first is this. The first step I think many of you guys can take today is declaring your salvation through water baptism. Um, One of the best steps, if you just recently given your life to Christ, that, that the 70 of you in this room could take is to be water baptized, Maybe you've never uh, really had water baptism explained to you. I want to take just a few minutes and explain it to you, okay? Let me explain it to you by showing you a verse of Scripture first. In 1 Peter 3, verse 21, it says this. In baptism, okay, this is water baptism, we show that we have been saved from death, right? What is salvation? It It is receiving life in Christ, right? The Bible says that we were all dead in our sins. We were going one way, headed towards destruction. And when we say yes to Jesus, what are we? We're saved, okay, from from a death, an eternity separated without him. What? Into an eternity with him. From death, that was last week, death to life. We're resurrected into new life. And so in baptism, we show that we have been saved from death and doom by the resurrection of Christ, not because our bodies are washed clean by the water. There's nothing magical, okay, about the water, okay? It's just water from the faucet that is apparently the number one tap drinking water in America, okay? It's really, really good. Um, Don't swallow baptism water, though. It's disgusting. You're not washed clean by the water, but because in in being baptized, guess what you're doing? You're turning to God and you're asking him, God, just just make me new. Cleanse our heart from sins. And so all throughout scripture, we see baptism modeled. We see people that gave their life to Christ modeling it. In Acts 2.41, it says this, that those that believed last week, the big question was this, do you believe? Remember, that, that's, that's the question that, that Jesus is asking every person in this room, okay, today. Do you believe? Do you believe? And when you believe, it says those that believed, guess what? Those that, that believed and accepted, okay, his message, what were they? They were baptized, okay? Here's what you need to know. Baptism doesn't get you into heaven, Okay? It's not this workspace thing that you have to be baptized, as some say, to go to heaven, okay? It is not that. It is not if you don't, okay? The finished work of the cross was enough. When you said yes to Jesus, okay, that's it, okay? 
Saying yes to him, it gets you to heaven, okay? Baptism isn't gonna get you there. But it was something that every time we look in scripture, okay, when a believer accepted the message and believed the message, immediately they were baptized. In fact, in Acts chapter eight, you can see this. It says this in Acts chapter eight. When they believed, just as Philip did, okay, uh, the, the good news that was preached, that's the gospel. The gospel is the good news. When they believed the good news, okay, in the name of Jesus Christ, guess what? They were baptized, both men and women, okay? That means everybody, okay? I love that that was included in the day, okay? This wasn't just for the religious elite because women weren't considered that. No, this was for everyone, men and women, everybody, okay? As they called on the name of the Lord, they, they were baptized. So 27 times, actually, in the New Testament, 27 times, as people believed, guess what? The word baptism is mentioned with it. They were water baptized. You might be saying, well, I was baptized as, as a child, so I'm, I'm good now. Um, every time they were baptized, it was post putting their faith in Christ. So that doesn't mean that your baptism as a child wasn't insignificant or, or wasn't significant, okay? It was probably a very significant moment for probably your parents, okay? Um, you know, or, or, or whatever. You know, may, maybe for you, you were like, I was baptized at a beach camp one time because all my other friends were doing it, right? They were like, anybody ever in student <laughs> ministry? Like everybody else was doing it. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was like, I ain't missing out, okay? There's this FOMO thing. Like I'm getting dunked too, but you never really, you never really knew what it meant. And since then, maybe you've, you've believed. Yeah. Your, your relationship with God is your own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I would say this, have you been baptized the, the biblical way post putting your faith in Jesus. Yeah. The word baptism actually means to immerse. And so if you grew up Catholic and you were sprinkled, again, it's not to, to say that that wasn't significant, okay? But baptism really is to be immersed in water. Jesus was buried in baptism, raised to newness of life, okay? And so there is a biblical model. And so why should you be baptized? Well, I, I think at the bare minimum because Jesus tells you to. Yeah. I could just move on from there, okay? But Jesus also modeled it. Did you know that? Matthew chapter three, before Jesus ever began his ministry, he actually got water baptized, okay? He was baptized by immersion. And that's, that's amazing. Not only did Jesus model it, okay? The, the second thing, and I just wanna remind you here, I talked about it a minute ago, but it was always post-decision, okay? And so Jesus modeled it, but then in scripture, it was always post-decision. And then the third thing is this. It was usually spontaneous, okay, and immediately. Um, take, a, take a breath today. There's no water back there. So we're not gonna make you do it today. Uh, but, but most of the time, it was, um, hey, if you believe, there's water. What are you waiting for? Look it up. Read all throughout the book of Acts. There's water. What's next? And so uh, we love you enough not to do that to you today. And um, I didn't tell our setup team to set it up today. But no, next week. <laughs> Next week, we wanna give you an opportunity to be water baptized, okay? And we're gonna have it set up for you. And maybe you wanna join one of the seven people already that signed up last week to be water baptized and say, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that, okay? Let me give you a clear, like, just, just clearest definition I can of uh, baptism for you. It's just this. It's an outward sign of an inward change. It's just, it's just this sign that says, hey, everybody, God's done something on the inside. Okay, it, it's really, really baptism. It's, it's the wedding band of Christianity. Okay, uh, think, think about this wedding ring right here. Okay, what does this tell all of you? That I'm taken. Amen. 
Amen. It says, it says outwardly to everybody that there's an inward commitment. And so, and so baptism, it's, it's the wedding band of Christianity. It's a public sign to everybody around us. Hey, there, there, there is an inward change. And I'm, I have decided, as the old song says, to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Okay, so if you want to get water baptized, uh, I'm going to give you uh, how you can take every step today. Just go to the black tent afterwards. Um, spoiler alert, every step can be taken at the black tent today. <laughs> It's our only environment in this building. So uh, if you want to get water baptized, let us know. You can sign up for it afterwards. But I think if you've never been water baptized, you should consider it. Jesus modeled it. The Bible says to do it. If you've never been water baptized, you can consider it. If you've got more questions, you may. We'd love to help answer them for you, okay? We'd love to have a conversation, okay? Nobody, listen. I don't know why people think this. Nobody gets a bonus around here for like, you know, getting numbers of water baptism. This is for you. It's a next step that you can take. All right. Number two, what's the the second thing I think we can all do? A step we can take is cultivating God's presence. Cultivating God's presence. And so if you, you're one of the 70 that gave your life to Christ, you can, you can take the next step of water baptism. And then I think this is one of us that all of us can do. We can just learn to cultivate the presence of God in our lives. I love what James says in James chapter four. It says this, that as you come near to God, guess what he does? He comes near to you. I think, I, I love this because it's, it's such a clear promise. It's such a clear promise that as you draw near to God's presence, you feel him. He comes near to you. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That anytime you go to God, he's there waiting. Yeah. Not only is he waiting, but as you take a step to him, guess what he does? Take a step towards you. That's right. Yeah. Oh, take a step towards me. I take a step towards you. Yeah. That's good. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. And so I think one of the best things that we can all learn to do in our lives, and it's a continual thing, is take steps to cultivate the presence of God in our lives. How do you cultivate the presence of God in your life? Well, there's many different ways that you can do that. And by the way, the world is really hungry for this. The world is hungry for for presence and and supernatural. I looked this up. I Googled it. Did you know that that the the fortune-telling business, the supernatural business, actually this last year made $2.2 billion? Billion. Billion dollars. Meaning meaning there's there's something in in people that that want presence. Supernatural. Something something more than themselves. $2.2 $2.2 billion. And so how do you cultivate that presence? Well, the first is this, I think through God's word. And one of the best things you can do is just get a passion for his word. Um, and, and maybe this has been a struggle for you, okay? Like digging into God's word, like maybe you've grown up in church, you've heard this before. You know, I, I think one of the reasons why digging into God's word can become such a struggle and really the, the couple things that I want to talk about is because for so many of us, we do it out of, out of duty yeah. Yeah. and not delight. Right. Yeah. Wow. Here, here's the thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't have to kiss my wife, right? Like we're still going to be married, okay? I mean, maybe not for long, okay? <laughs> I don't have to kiss her. I get to kiss her. Yeah. I don't have to. She doesn't require it. No, I want to. And, and so, so you see the difference sometimes? Yeah. It, it, it's not, I don't have to read this. No, I, no, I, I want to. Yeah. 
I get to because I understand that it's, it's life to me. And so I, th- I think you have to start from a place with God's word or, or any, anything you're doing to cultivate the presence of God in your life from a place of, I don't have to, I get to. Yeah, that's good. I, I, don't, I don't have to pray today. I get to pray. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that amazing though? So good. That God gave you that choice and that ability where, uh, and, and here's, here's the good news. That means he's not mad at you when you're not. Oh, I didn't read my Bible today. God must hate me. No, he doesn't hate you. He's not with like some like Duck Dynasty beard with a scepter in heaven just saying, you know, bam, not today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, hey, when you come near to me, I'll come near to you yeah, and yeah. you'll have to, but you get to. Yeah. And you can cultivate the presence of God in your life by opening up his word. One of the best ways to do that if, if you never had is just to start somewhere. Just start somewhere and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something today to just get a daily dose. Yeah, good. Doesn't have to be a lot. Okay. Don't, don't, uh, uh, there, there's a Bible reading plan out there called Shred. Okay. Where it's like whole New Testament in 30 days. Okay. If you've never read the Bible, don't start shredding yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Like <laughs> that's a good way to give up on it real fast. All right. Just start with a daily dose. Right? Just, just, just get a little something. Get a little vitamin for you. Get, just open it up and, and say, okay, God, I'm just going to read until something speaks to me. And then I'm going to meditate on that. So there's so many apps right now. You've got Uversion. Okay? You can walk into, you know, different stores now. Almost every store. Okay? Walmart, Target. You know, it doesn't even have to be a Christian bookstore. It's going to carry some sort of section of devotionals. Okay? You can get a daily devotional. You can Google the one-year Bible. Okay? You can read that online, the one-year Bible, which is just small parts. Going to get a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament with like some Psalms and Proverbs. Okay? And so just start somewhere. Okay? You don't have to read the whole book. You know, the, the, the whole thing this month. Just read something. Get a daily dose. It'll cultivate something new to you. Yeah. And there's a promise in this scripture that when you open it, it will become alive to you. Yeah. Yeah. So God wants his presence to come alive to you. Yeah. You just got to open it. The second thing you can do to cultivate uh, just the presence of God in your life is you can do it through worship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this. This is probably the number one way I, I cultivate God's presence in my life. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a worshiper. I wish I could lead. I wish I could sing up here today. I would, I would Dustin, we would switch places in a minute, <laughs> but I can't. But that doesn't mean I can't be a worshiper, okay? I mean, I, there's just a heart in me that when I wake up, this is the day the Lord has made, okay? Unless my little boy came in at 1.30, but for the most time, I just, I want to worship, okay? I want to I spend time with God. I love, my favorite thing to do, because the iPhone 12, it's waterproof, you know? Take it in the shower with me, turn on some worship music, and just let that fill my mind. Let that start my day. I want the presence of God in my heart, and so worship is a great way to cultivate the presence of God in your life. I just challenge you this week, okay? Turn on some worship music in your car. Roll your windows up in case you get to a red light and somebody hears you, okay? And just let it go. Let it fly. Just even if you're a bad singer, just sing. Even if you make yourself cringe with your notes, just sing. Just just say, God, because I worship you. I want to pour out praise to you today. Worship does something in your life. Jennifer said, what is worship? Okay, it's just a good way. It's just a good way to give God, God, God your heart. Yeah. And it changes. It's worship is what? Our, our heart's affection, our mind's attention. Just saying, God, here's my heart. Here's my mind this morning. I just focus it on yeah. you. Yeah. 
I worship you. There's great worship music out, by the way. It used to be some of the worship music was not that good in the 90s. Now, there's great. I mean, go get some Elevation Worship. Get you some Maverick City. Okay, go download on Spotify some Brandon Lake. You know, some, just get some worship music in you, and uh, it'll make a big difference. So you can worship. Uh, you know, tell, tell uh, what's, her, what's her name? We call her Echo and, and uh, Alexa, right? Tell Echo and Alexa, Alexa, play some worship music, okay? She will give you some good stuff in your life. And the third is this, to cultivate the presence of God. Just spend time in prayer. Again, okay, you don't have to, you get to. But if you draw near to him, he's gonna draw next near to you, okay? The third thing I think you can do is this, you can connect. So you can cultivate God's presence, get water baptized, and then you can connect with God's people. Ephesians 2, 19 says this. It says, you are a member of God's very own family. You know that? When you say yes to Jesus, we adopted you. Yeah. Well, he adopted you, but you in. Yeah. You're grafted into a family, the family of God. Maybe you've never had family in your life. Well, you're a part of a family, okay? You're a member of God's very own family. And where do you belong? In God's household yes. with every other Christian. Yes. This is the house of God. Yes, it, is. it matters. It matters being in the household of God. It matters being connected Okay, you've got, you weren't meant to live alone. God actually looked at Adam, okay? The, the very first, okay, he made man. And then he looked at him and said, it's not good for him to be alone. It, it, it's not. Why? Because when there's a man all alone, scripture says there's no end to his toil, wealth, fame, nothing. Nothing will satisfy him like relationship, community. And so you were designed to connect to other people. I love what Ephesians 10 says this. It says, and let us consider, oh, let us consider uh, how we spur one another on. Hebrews 10, there we go. Hebrews 10, verse 24 through 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up as uh, meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. You know what uh, I think? Uh, <laughs> I think if we're not careful, okay, life can get you out of the habit uh, of being together. And I, I, I sadly think, and, and it's, it's not wrong, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not casting any judgment on, on anybody, okay? But I think it's sad that over the last year, man, like a lot of people got out of the habit of relationship and now just think I'm, I'm kind of good by myself. Um, we're not created that way, okay, guys? We're meant to be together. It says don't give up being together. Now, okay, there was some wise stuff for us to do, okay? But as this thing progresses, let's get back in the habit, the habit of meeting together, okay? Encouraging one another all the more as you see the day, sorry about that, Drew, all the more as you see the day approaching. So two things I think you can do to connect with other people. The first is this, you can commit to a local church. Uh, we don't really have like church membership where you join us, okay? Um, but, but there is like commitment. Hey, you can, here's the commitment level, show up, get involved, you know, like just, just be a part of what we're doing, okay? But you need this. You need to be a part of a body. You know, if it's not this body, go get a part of another body. Okay, this is not about growing our church. This is about growing you. You grow when you're in relationship with other people. Okay, two words used for church. Okay, if, if you look back, you know, you've got the word church and, and uh, uh, give me, give me, ecclesia. 
both of them, okay, while they mean two kind of different things, both of them have a common denominator that, that, that both of them had, had gathering in its definition. Yeah. They were a gathering. Yeah. They were a group. It was never a solo individual. Yes, you are the church wherever you go, but you yeah. really become the church when you're together with people. I'm not just saying in these four walls, okay? It's not just about a Sunday morning, but it's everywhere. You're the church when you're in relationship. And so I encourage you, uh, you know, commit to a Sunday so you can be around other people, but then also commit to small groups, okay? If you don't have a small group, we have small groups. We have places in our church, groups that meet all throughout the, the, the week that you could get in relationship with, okay? If you have a small group of people, you already have some friends that you can call at 2 a.m., invest in them. Yeah. Invest in them, okay? You don't, have to, you don't have to do our thing, but be in relationship. Yeah, good. You know, you know help, help make each other better. Yeah. Here's what relationships, healthy relationships. Let me, let me give you these three things real quick that I think that, that, you can, you can use as a framework for those relationships. Are the relationships uh, helping me connect? Well, is there good, authentic connection happening? Okay. Yeah. Is there healing happening? Wow, that's good. Meaning when I open up, okay, like it's a safe place, yeah. there, there's healing in my life. I can heal from my past. I can heal from my mistakes. I can heal from the hurt in my life. And then number three, am I growing? If your friends are taking you back and not forward, you just you need some relationships yeah. that are growing you, stretching yeah. you, making you yeah. better. They can look at you and say, hey, you don't know this about you. Yeah. Your fly's unzipped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we all need those people yeah. that can tell us that. Yeah. And so just a good framework. So you need, you need the local church, okay? You need to commit to a, to, to, to a body. Yeah. And then you need relationships. And so water baptism, great next step. Cultivating the presence of God. Okay, committing to, to relationship. And then number four, just discovering that God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for your life. Ephesians 1, 1 through 12 says this, in Christ we can find out who we are. So before you said yes to Jesus, did you know it was, it was probably impossible for you to truly know who you are? Let me give you some great news to the 70 of you that have recently said yes to Jesus. You're new. You're brand new. And in Christ now, that thing that's been, been on the inside of you that's wondered, why, am, why, why, why on earth am I here? You know, the number one best-selling book of all time other than the Bible is The Purpose Driven Life. You know what question it answers? Why am I here? If it's the number one best-selling book other than the Bible, I think it must be a question people are asking, why am I here? Well, in Christ, you don't have to wonder why. You can find out who you are. See, did you know long before you even heard of Christ, long before you gave your life to him, got your hopes up, he had you on his eyes. You're the apple of his eyes. He had you in mind. He had designs on you for a glorious living. Isn't that amazing? I love that's the kind of God we serve. Long before you ever thought of him, he thought of you. Had a design for you. Had a plan for you. Had Had a purpose for you. For what? For less than living? No, glorious living. Fully alive living. Part of the overall purpose that he's working out in everything and everyone. So that means all of you. 
all of you, God had a glorious life plan for you. A way for you to live that if you discover it in him, be great. Be great. Will allow you to feel like you're fully alive. And so we have a couple vehicles at the church in which we, we want to help you do that. Okay, they're not the end all be all, but we have an environment that we mentioned already today called the growth track. Okay, there's no way in two hours we can give you everything you need to know about you. Okay, I think you need to go on a lifetime journey of discovering you. Yeah. Never stop discovering yeah, you. Great. Never stop, never stop asking God, God, who have you made me to be? Yeah. You know, always yeah. learn more about yourself. Yeah. Okay, um, but attend the growth track. The growth track is, is a two-hour environment where we tell you about the church, how you can, you know, be a member. We tell you about finances and, you know, we tell you about, you know, our church government, you know, the, the common questions people have, our vision, all that. But then there's a significant portion in there where we walk you through two assessments. They're just tests. One's a DISC, a personality test, and the other one is a spiritual gifts assessment. And our goal is, is that you just walk out of there Okay, just walk out of there with one little light bulb moment saying, oh, that's how God made me. Yeah. That, that thing that I, I enjoy doing, that's actually a spiritual gift of mine. Yeah. The Bible talks about, that's awesome. And then in doing so, we wanna help you lean into that. And, and you can do it everywhere. You can do it on your job. You can do it, you know, in, in your hobbies. You can, you can walk in your giftings everywhere, but we also like to create opportunities at the church where you can do it here on a Sunday so other people can meet Christ. Yeah. And so we created something called the dream team. Yeah. The dream team is, is how we try to get people in their purpose, yeah. living it out. Good. So you got a gift in this. Let me show you how you can use it yeah. so that other people, what, would just know God. Yeah, so good. That's it. And then go use that gift everywhere you go. Yeah. But on Sundays, help us use that gift and so that's, that's why we don't have volunteers here. We have dream teamers. Yeah. Dream teamers that use their gift to be a part of the dream that God has put yeah. in our hearts to reach this city and make a difference. And so it matters. Two last verses of scripture to close it out. Proverbs 29, 18 says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they'll stumble all over themselves. Today, I hope you can see that God has a plan for you. God has some steps for you. Because when you see them, and not only see them, but attend to them, if you don't know what that word means, it means do them. When you do what God says, that's what that is saying, what he reveals, you'll be most blessed. God has a blessed life for you. But you gotta, you gotta take steps that he asks you to take. So when you take a step, blessings come. First Peter chapter one says this, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and everything to live for, including a future in heaven. The good news? But the future, it starts now. It starts now. Those that have said yes to Jesus, your brand new life begins now. Walk in it. The key to your spiritual growth, everybody, is to take your next step. And don't, don't wait. Start taking steps now. And so, with everybody's head bowed, eyes closed, I just wanna ask you two questions today. And it's just this. 
What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you today? You know, my, my prayer for this week is God would whisper in everyone's ears the next step that they can take. You know, maybe today I, I haven't even given you a next step that you could take, but maybe God would whisper another one in your ear right now. What is God saying to you? Start that business, reach out to that neighbor, pick up that book, write that song. What is God saying to you? And the second question is this, what are you gonna do about it? I just wanna encourage you to, to listen in on the voice of God and then, and then take a step. Don't, don't, let, don't let moments like this just kinda come in one year and out the other, but if you really wanna live the glorious life that God has for you, it starts with taking steps. And it continues with taking steps. This week, I gotta take a step. I gotta cultivate. I, there's things that God's calling me to do in my life. I never wanna quit taking steps. And so what is the step that you need to take? Maybe you're in here today and the step that you need to take is, is to just say yes to Jesus. You heard all about what to do after you say yes to Jesus, but you've never said yes to him yourself. I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe you've come in today, you've been far from God. I hope today breathe life into you that God's got a glorious life for you. That, that he's got a life that is fully alive for you. And it starts with just, just saying, God, I, I receive that. I receive you. You know, all it means to, to give your life to God is just to say, God, I've been going my way, but now I'm gonna go your way. It's just, a, it's a turn, it's a 180. Say, so I've been doing life this way, but now I'm doing a 180 and saying, I wanna do it God's way. And I receive everything you have for me. See, God did die on a cross. Jesus died on a cross. He's, he's, he saved us from our sins, so we didn't have to, we didn't have to pay the penalty ourselves so that you could have a glorious life. The Bible says all we have to do to accept that is just, just as in Romans, it actually says, if you, if you believe in your heart, okay, that Jesus is Lord, in other words, he did what he said he would do, confess with your mouth, okay, just Jesus, your Lord. Believe that he saved you. Believe that he died for you. It says you will be saved. Anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Confess with your mouth, the Bible says, and believe in your heart. Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need you. I'm ready to give my life to you. If that's you and you wanna do that, I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer. I'm gonna ask you to, to pray this with me in a second, but I'd love to know who I'm praying for you. If you're in here today and you're like, hey, I'd, I, I, I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's gonna single you out. This is just a step for you to take today, okay? Just a step to say, Jesus, I'm for you. If that's you today and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, I'd love for you just to slip up a hand so I know who you are. You can slip it up, put it right back down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you raise your hand a minute ago and, you know, actually, I'm just gonna pray that everyone, or I'm gonna ask that everyone would pray this with me. 
for those maybe just praying it for the first time so they don't have to feel awkward. Okay, you may have prayed it a hundred times, but pray it again with me for those praying it for the first time. Would you just say, Jesus? Jesus. Today I give you all of me. For all of you. For all of you. I believe in you. I believe in That you died. That you died. And you rose again. To give me new life. To give me new life. And so today, God. Make me fully alive. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's celebrate church. Celebrate. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.